Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Surprise Jab Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Ruger, and we are returning back to normal here. My trip has ended. I did go to Chicago, if anyone caught the last episode. It was lots of fun, but we're back. We're going to be pumping out episodes, covering all sorts of topics. Very excited to be back. Lots of fun. It's always fun seeing your family, I feel, especially when you don't see them often. Uh, as for mine, pretty much my entire family lives in Illinois. I'm the only Minnesota born and bred in my family. So it's always nice to get away. We're going to be going over a number of topics on today's episode, such as a review of UFC 290. We're going to be talking about UFC 5, which was announced for September. Going over the Ultimate Fighter, which is uh, now going to be on episode 7. It's coming out this Tuesday, July 11th. We're going to be going over this new NBA tournament and, of course, other things. All right. So let's dive in. Uh, I'm actually going to start out and talk about my trip. It was fun. Record an episode with my cousin. was able to catch 290 with the family. See everyone. Actually went mini golfing. Golf 36 holes. All right. That's a lot of mini golf. All right. I actually won the first 18, then proceeded to drop off hard. But, you know. I could still I still consider it a win. I was able to see my grandparents, which I always treasure time with them. But one thing that dropped while I was away was UFC five. Apparently it's coming out in September, or at least they're discussing it or like releasing details in September. I don't know who the cover athlete's gonna be for this. I have a I have an idea that it could maybe be Alexander Volkanovsky, John Jones. It's got to be someone like them, right? It was just Adesanya and Masvidal. Before that, McGregor. Before that, I think it was actually McGregor, Ronda Rousey. Before that, John Jones, Alexander Gustafson. They might add a woman on. Maybe Zhang Wei Li and John Jones. I don't know. But there's a couple things that I want added to the new game that aren't in the last one. Because I've played... UFC 4, oh gosh, do I even want to admit this? I have like 51 days of gaming time on UFC 4. I've played that game a lot. Definitely more than I should have, but it's fun. I love UFC. One thing I want them to alter is the career mode. It's slowly getting better, but still needs improvement. We don't need this storyline, I feel, especially from UFC 4, where you're like some random fighter getting beat up, some coach finds you... And your career starts. Nah, I kind of want something where you pick your path, things happen along the way, kind of like a free roam a bit. I Do I dare go as far and say I want like a my park, but for UFC, I feel like that's very ambitious for EA compared to 2K, but it's enough to wish for. Uh, another thing that I want in the game is like a universe mode. If anyone's played the WWE games, they have a WWE universe where you can customize events. You can create your own superstars, add them, put on events. It's on like a schedule. And they have create event in UFC, but I want one where it's like buy a calendar. You do fight nights. You set rivalries. All right. You can do all sorts of stuff. Maybe even like a GM mode or something like that. Or even just like a league where you do a year or something. But it will definitely be better than the last one. I know they're going to be expanding on the roster. UFC's four roster was very weak to start with, but they've added so many fighters, it's actually made up for it. I think I might go uh, division by division and go over 
I'll give you one fighter from every every division, all 11 divisions that I think should be in UFC 5. That isn't. And also, they just added Jack Della Maddalena, Aaron Blanchfield, and Brandon Royval. So, good on them. Let's go over a couple that should be in UFC 5. If they don't add them, all right. From flyweight, men's flyweight, Amir Albazi. All right, Amir Albazi is currently ranked number three. Without a doubt, he should be in the game. He's on the cusp of a title shot. All right, we'll talk about during our UFC 290 review later on what's going to exactly happen in the flyweight division. But without a doubt, Miral Bazi needs to be a playable character in the game. Okay? I mean, he's coming off the win over Kaikar France. Very, it was debated. It was debated about who won, but I felt, I felt he won. But that's just me. I'm biased. All right. Men's bantamweight Umar Nurmagomedov, currently ranked number 11 at bantamweight. I mean, he's taking on Corey Sanhagen August 5th in Nashville, Tennessee. That should be a ba- that should be a banger main event. Also a card. The card looks super good. But Umar, whether he loses to Corey or not, which I do not feel he will, he's going to be a staple in the bantamweight division. I mean, when you're, I believe, Khabib's cousin, you have an unreal grappling. I mean, he's rarely been in any situations yet in the UFC where he's been in trouble. Put him in the game. Maybe even by August they will. One can hope. Moving on to featherweight. They just added Yotopira, so good on them. But I want another up-and-comer that is number 10 ranked, Mozafar Evlov. Very tough fight against Diego Lopez last time out at UFC 288, but I believe he does have the stuff to move up in the division. He also should be getting a 6-9 to nine opponent for his next fight, so put him in the game so I can play as him, right? Moving on to the men's lightweight division. Scanning it, I'm honestly feeling like I want, dare I say Grant Dawson? They honestly have done a great job updating and adding fighters to lightweight, but I'll say Grant Dawson coming off a big win over on the July 1st uh, UFC fight night. Other than that, I would also take... I guess Matt Frivola. I feel Drew Dober should have been in the game as just a playable character, but he hasn't, so you could add him even though he's coming off a loss. Welterweight. Hmm. Definitely Ian Gary. Ian Gary currently on a... Gosh, what is Ian Gary? Is he a 10-0? 11-0? He's something. He's like 12-0 maybe even. I can't recall, but he's got a big fight coming up with... Who is he taking on? Jeff Neal. Jeff Neal at UFC, was that, 292, I believe. So, put hit, put Ian Gary in the game. That might even do an Ian Gary, Umar drop. I would love that. All right. Moving on to middleweight. They just add Driscus. They just add Sean Strickland. They've been doing good. I'd say Roman Deladize. I'd send Brit. I would say Brendan Allen, but I'm going with number 13 ranked, Nazardine Imavov. Coming off a interesting fight against Chris Curtis, where he was dominating before he lost. I feel he should be in the game. Let me know what y'all think. Light heavyweight. Right. This one's actually tough. They did add Khalil Roundtree. I would not mind Alonzo Menfield, but looking at the rankings, purely rankings based, I think they should add uh, probably Ryan Span. I feel like Ryan Span's going to float around all the rankings his entire UFC career. Other than that, there really isn't anyone that I need immediately. Moving on to heavyweight, we got four more divisions. All right. Heavyweight, 
Sergei Spivak or Halton Almeida, more likely Halton Almeida. He takes on Curtis Blades in November, I believe. Sergei Spivak fights Strogan in Paris in September. But Halton, man, he he looked like a beast against Arsenio Rosenstruck on the May 13th card this year. And being able to place him in the game would be splendid. All right. And let me give you three women that I think should be in the game. We'll start at the women's strawweight division. They've been doing very good, but you got number three, Jan Chayonen, not in the game. I feel you got to add her. Throw her. Throw her a bone. Throw her a bone. Because Yan Chayonen and Zhang Wei Li will most likely be fighting in China for the belt. And that would be historic. Now, I don't really know with everything going on globally, if you can have a fight in China, but I would certainly watch that fight because Yan Chaonin and Zhang Weili are very, very entertaining. I love them both. All right. Women's flyweight. They just had Aaron Blanchfield. They've added Man of Fiora. They've been doing a great job. But Macy Barber. I mean, come on. How is Macy Barber not in the game? I'm a little surprised. I, f- I feel like she's a she's just a staple now in women's MMA, but she's kind of an up and coming. Certainly a dominant win against, yeah, she was it Viviana Rujo, I think it was. Or it was Amanda Hebas, my bad. Um, so Macy Barber should definitely be in the game. And that's for women's bantamweight. Not the strongest division, but if Myra Bueno Silva wins this upcoming Saturday, put her in the game. If not, gosh, there's really no one. I'm sorry, it's a really weak division. All right, but those are all the fighters I want in UFC 5. Um, I wouldn't also mind adding in some different legends. You know, I feel like they had the same repetitious legends. But maybe add someone... Gosh, I'm trying to think of someone good. I mean, I want people like Rory McDonald, like Oliver Aubin and Mercier. I don't know if we can do that with um, them being in different promotions, but it would certainly be very cool. And I also hope we do not see Joe Duffy, CM Punk, freaking... Gosh, who are they always add? They always add some bums. Uh, Juicy Formiga, Luis Smoka. All right, let's add some new background characters we can play with. They're actually in the UFC. But UFC 5, maybe releasing in September? I don't know. I'll be buying it. The logo looks cool. My official prediction for who will be on the cover, I mean, it's got to be. It's got to be John Jones and Volk or someone. Or Zhang Weili. Those are my three fighters. Those are my three fighters. All right. Moving on, I actually saw some NBA news today that caught me off guard. I did not know what what to make of it. I mean, I uh, I did see that Victor Wemben when oh gosh, how do you say his Wembenyama whatever was actually taken out of the uh, summer league after only playing two games. I don't know what that's about. Maybe they don't want him getting hurt. That's not the big news that I'm talking about. Let me tell y'all some. They announced they're having an in season. NBA tournament. Games begin on November 3rd. The West versus the East. They've been divided into five, six groups of five. First off, they've they've mixed up the divisions. There's like an ABC West and ABC East. You got like the Kings, Warriors, Timberwolves, Thunder, Spurs in one group. Then you got the Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans, Mavericks, Rockets. Then in Group A, you have Grizzlies, Suns, Lakers, Jazz Trailblazers. For the East, it's pretty much the same thing. I mean, you have you have the Celtics, Magic, Net, Raptors, Bulls. All right, you get it. They have they have some mixed up things. Semifinals are December seventh, and the championship is December 9th. Is an opportunity. This is from Joe Dumars, NBA Executive Vice President, Head of Basketball Operations. 
We are excited to introduce the NBA in-season tournament as an opportunity to further enhance and innovate around our season structure. With the addition of this new marquee event on the NBA calendar, we are focused on providing players and teams with another competition to win, engaging fans in a different way, and driving further interest in the early portion of the regular season schedule. Engaging fans in a different way and driving further interest in the early portion of the regular season schedule. Let me break that down for you, ladies and gentlemen. Let me break that down. We are not getting views, and we want views, and we think having another tournament will be successful. I mean, hey, FIFA has a World Cup. Why can't we have an NBA Cup? There's two stages of a group play and knockout rounds. Oh my gosh, they actually copied soccer, I'm pretty sure. They copied the FIFA World Cup. I don't even know what to make of this. I don't even know what to make of this. This is very goofy. This is very goofy. Um, let's let's dive into it. I'm act- I'm gonna go over this. We're gonna go over this. Group play. All 30 teams were randomly drawn. Yeah, right. Based on win loss records from 2022 23 regular season. Okay, maybe it's not rigged. We'll see. Each team will play four designated group play games, which I'm pretty sure are just regular season games classified as games. Two games at home, two on the road. They have tournament nights take place every Tuesday and Friday from November 3rd to 28th. With the exception of Election Day on Tuesday, number 7th, when no games will be played and where we will encourage you to vote for Democratic candidates. The only NBA games played on tournament nights will be group play games. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Number two, the knockout rounds. Eight teams will advance to knockout rounds. Huh? The team with the best standing in their group? And two wild cards. Ooh. Oh, they actually have classification. The wild cards are the team from each conference with the best record in group play games that finish second in its group. So, out of the six divisions, the two best second places of the six second places will advance. Okay. Knockout rounds are single elimination games. Yeah, yeah. And the quarterfinals on Monday, December 4th and Tuesday, December 5th. Championship in Vegas on December 7th and December 9th, respectively. That knockout teams will compete for a prize pool and the new in-season tournament trophy, the NBA Cup. The 67 games. What? The 67 games across both stages of the in-season tournament will count toward the regular season standings, except the championship. Each team will continue to play 82 regular season games, including those games that are part of group play and backgrounds. So do you mean to tell me that... If you're doing good in this season tournament, you'll actually have to play extra games. All right, let me tell y'all what they should have had. Wait, wait, wait. Pause, pause, pause. Let me let me make sure I didn't miss any other information. Uh, okay. To, to, oh, they have group play draw. To determine each team's opponent in the group play games, the 15 teams in each conference were divided. Okay. They have a bunch of pots. Teams with three best prior seasons. Okay. Prize pool. Okay, this is actually what I wanted to see. Then I'll get into my thoughts. For the 2023-2024 season, wow, I'm stuttering. Apologies. In-season tournament prize pool will be allocated to the NBA players on the teams that participated in the knockout rounds. Holy crap. Players on the winning team of the championship will each receive $500,000 each. All right. Let's say you have 15 players times $500,000 they're handing out $7.5 million to the winning team. The losing team of the championship will each win 200000 
The players on the losing team of the semifinals will each win a hundred thousand, and the players on the losing team of quarterfinals will each win fifty thousand dollars. That's not too bad, but I'd be asking for a million dollars. At the conclusion, oh, oh my gosh! At the conclusion of the in-season tournament, the NBA will name the most valuable player of the in-season tournament and the all-tournament team. Selection will obviously be based on the player's performance in both group play and knockout rounds. Tickets are available starting Monday, July 10th, which was today. Oh my goodness. That's ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And sadly, I'm intrigued. Sadly, I'm intrigued. I don't know if I'll watch it, but I am intrigued to see what they do with this because it is very unique. This is a very unique idea, but if it was me and I got to control what the winner gets, I would say, if you're the winner of the in-season tournament, in the, the cup tournament, then you should get full, full home court advantage throughout the entire playoffs if you make the playoffs. No matter what your seed is, you should get full home court thing. I mean, wouldn't that make sense for having to play extra games? For actually trying during this? Or am I being too ambitious to the winner? I, th- I think that would be awesome. I think that'd be awesome if the NBA attorney was um, the winner got home court advantage or even just an extra home game or something. I don't know. I don't know. This is this is a very unique idea. Can I not say idea? Very embarrassing. This is a very uh, unique idea that the UFC is uh, the UFC. See, the NBA's got me all messed up now. I can't even focus with everything they're talking about. I, They're trying. You know what? I... They're trying to get more ratings, so I almost have to respect it. But at the same time, it's so obvious they're trying to get ratings. I mean, they're not going to beat the NFL. The NFL, I'm pretty sure, is king in ratings. NHL and MLB, very low. Other than that, I don't know. Um, let me see if there's been any updates in the free agency pool. I, um... Me and my, uh, me and my special guest on our last episode did go over that. So if anyone wants to listen to that, they can go check out episode three. We kind of talked over everything, but um, let me see if my Timberwolves signed anyone new. Oh yes, we re-signed Nickel Alexander Walker, two-year deal for nine million. Pretty sure four point five is guaranteed, or is that just the average salary? I think that's his average salary. We lost Tareen Prince. What else? Who else? Who else have we gotten? Oh, Luca Garza. Pretty sure we re-signed him, or maybe we did sign him. I don't know. NBA. I gotta respect you. I gotta respect you for trying, but um, I still think it is a funny idea. But who am I to say? I'm no NBA pro. Moving on, we will be um, we'll be doing the main segment. Of the show. My favorite part. You know me. I love UFC. If anyone's listening to this, I love UFC. Let's recap. Let's re let's recap UFC 290. It was amazing. This has been the best event of the year. I repeat. Let me get close to the mic. This has been the best event of 2023. This was an amazing pay-per-view. This was truly an amazing pay-per-view, top to bottom. The the there was one error. There was one bad part. And that was the fact they only gave out two performance bonuses. 
right? Did the people, did the two individuals that received the performance bonuses deserve them? Yes. Actually, three Fight of the Night's a bonus, but we actually had like two Fight of the Night's, so. UFC could have given out more bonuses. I know they have the money, and they've done more bonuses before, but is what it is. Let's dive into the card. Um, we're going to be covering this for a while, so if you're interested in whatever else I have to say, skip forward, but you'll probably miss a lot of fun talk about UFC. All right. Starting off the card, Esteban Rebovich Vix beats Kamula Kirk. Not much to say here. Not much to say here. I don't even think. Who watched this fight? Unanimous decision. Nothing much to say. Pretty much after this, the real card kicked off and all the excitement began. So, good job to Esteban Rebovich. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, but you did very good. And I'm proud that you won. Good for you. All right. But next up, I mean, Jesus Aguilera. 17 seconds into round one, Jesus Aguilera knocks out Shannon Ross. Absolutely unreal. Doesn't get performance bonus for knocking him out cold in 17 seconds. But you earn my respect, Jesus. Jesus, 9-2. His only loss is to Tatsu Uro Daira in the UFC. And he actually fought on this card. We'll talk about him in a second. As for Shane Ross, he falls to 0-2. In fact, this guy has been finished on the Contender Series. Somehow got into the UFC, got finished in round one. And, oh my gosh, he actually got finished in under a minute in his UFC debut. He's now been finished. He's now been knocked out in both of his UFC fights in under a minute. Cut him, Jesus. Give him a promotion. Flyweight, you got a good one in Jesus Aguilar. All right. Next up, Bantamweight. South Africa was on fire tonight as Cameron Samen moves to 9-0 with a round one TKO of Terrence Mitchell. Terrence Mitchell, right out the gate, wanted to get a takedown, and it just did not go his way. Cameron got into control, gets him on the ground, gets in top mount. I think he got in back top mount, maybe? Or maybe Terrence just rolled to his back, and it was over. Three minutes and ten seconds, ten seconds in, Cameron Samian gets the finish. He moves to... Was he three and zero in the UFC? Four and zero if you include the contender series. Two finishes in the UFC. Very impressive stuff from him. And then, I'm pretty sure Brian Kelher offered a fight or MMA Theory on Instagram suggested it. Someone reposted it. It got to Brian. So Brian Kelher versus Cameron Samen could be next. I support it. I support it. Guess how old Cameron is? He's 23. He was born in December 20th, 2000. Holy crap! He's actually 22. Future bantamweight star in the making, maybe? I think so. All right. Moving on. Another finish. Now, this was much boring. As Vittor Petrino submits Marcin Pracinio in round number three. Vitor had a simple game plan. Just shoot for takedowns. Over and over and over and over. All right. Eight minutes and 39 seconds of control time. He moves to 9-0, and though. Congratulations. Now is 2-0 in the UFC, 3-0 if you include the Contender Series. Impressive stuff. As for Marcin, kind of tough luck. You have that terrible fight against William Knight. I think it brutally outgrappled by Vizor Petrino. I wonder if Marcin will ever bounce back. He actually holds a win over Cleo Roundtree. I think that's nuts, because I feel like Khalil is very good. Speaking of men who are in Khalil Roundtree's, Khalil Roundtree Jr.'s, Division. It's just stutter night, isn't it? Um, we got some ranked. We have our first ranking we can talk about. 
as number 14, Jimmy Crute is submitted in round number two by Alonzo Mencho. This was the rematch. I told y'all to watch this fight. I don't know if it was as entertaining as the first fight, but certainly entertaining. Alonzo Menafield straps on a guillotine, and that'll do it. And I'm pretty sure Jimmy Crute took off his gloves and was going to retire. As there's one point, Jimmy Crute was 10-0. Then he got submitted by Misha Serkinov. But then he bounced back with two straight round one wins. And then he got injured in round one against Anthony Smith. Then he got knocked out in 48 seconds by Jamal Hill. Then a draw against Alonzo Menfield. Then gets geek and choked by Alonzo Menfield. Sorry for Jimmy Crute. But it's the game of fighting. It's a tough game. No sympathy here. Besides the co-main event. All right. So Jimmy... We'll probably get kicked out of the rankings. Alonzo in at 14. What could be next for Alonzo Menfield? How about Dominic Reyes? I like that fight. Alonzo Menfield, Dominic Reyes, what are we thinking? I like that fight. Let's make it, all right? Then the biggest, ooh, Dwight Dace, uh, I don't know if this is the biggest shocker of the night. I'd say it's maybe second or third. But Denise Gomez knocks out Yasmin Jaguay. In 20 seconds. Very deserving of performance bonus. Yasmin was a big favorite. I think she might have been a bigger favorite than um, Bo Nickel. I don't know if that's true. Don't quote me. But 10-0. Take on Denise Gomez. Who's only 8-2. and two. She gets knocked out. Very surprising. And Mexico took a hard loss tonight. But they can bounce back. But Yasmin, man. Suffered a defeat. As for Denise. Good stuff. And a knockout like that can easily get you a bottom woman strawweight opponent in, like, Angela Hill, Michelle Watterson, maybe even Tabitha Ritchie. Actually, Tabitha just won. Probably not. Good for you, Denise. I am happy for Denise, but I do feel sad for um, Jasmine because I did like her. I remember her fight. I'll bring this up every time I hear her. I remember her co-main event fight against uh, Lucindo. At um, Vera versus Cruz in San Diego last August. And man, was it good. Man, was that good. That was a good fight. I think that was in August, but... Oh, well. You move on. And we move on into a catchweight fight. As Tatsuro Taira took on Edgar Sherez. Shout out to Edgar. I think he stepped in on short notice. I honestly cannot remember. I think he did. Um, knocks down Tatsuro, but I mean, Tatsuro's too good. Turns to grappling, gets almost 10 minutes of control time. That's insane. That's actually insane. I think he lost a point. I'm pretty sure he got a point taken away. I don't know if that's true, but all scorecards are 29-27. So either Edgar won a round and then Tetsuro got two 10-8s. I have no idea, but Tetsuro... Gets it done. I feel very happy for him. I personally feel he should be um, in the flyweight rankings. Kick out David Dork. Maybe even kick off Steve Ersig. Heck, even kick off Sumidarji. Tatsuro is the future. I love him. Japan will have a champion. I promise you that. And also, all those all those names I just listed, those should be opponents that should be next for him. All right, let's get into the main prelim. The what are, the, what are they called? The headlining prelim, whatever it is. As Robbie Lawler stepped in the cage for one last time. He took on Nico Price. Nico Price was a favorite. I think he was like minus 250 or something. 
it was very sad, you know, Robbie taking his time. But 38 seconds in, he knocks out Nico Price cold. Oh, my goodness. This was, this had, I was going nuts. I was going nuts, man. Oh, my goodness. Robbie Lawler, what a way to end your UFC career. What a way. I mean, a 38-second knockout. They don't give him the performance bonus. That is actually criminal. Raleigh Lawler, man, finishing with a perfect 30 wins. You gotta love it. All right. As for Nico Price, my goodness. He is, oh my gosh. Nico Price is, I'm pretty sure, one and four with a no contest. His last, like, six fights. Nico Price, you will not be around for long if you're getting knocked out by Robbie Lawler. But Robbie Lawler just got hands this deal. What a way to end his career. Nothing but respect for Robbie. And if he wanted to stay around, he could obviously fight someone like Tony Ferguson after Tony gets brutally knocked out by Bobby Green. At UFC 291, you heard an early prediction here. Come back to it if you want. Let's dive into the main card. Alrighty. Me and my cousin, you know, we were on the last episode. We talked about UFC 290. We all agreed on the picks. The picks went 2-3. and three. Not so hot, although I was happy that Drake is one. I did feel a sense of joy for Dan. Of course, I predicted Bo, and I predicted Volk, but the co-main we'll get to when it comes. All time, we now move to 439 correct picks, 323 incorrect picks, as of 2023. And as for 2023, we are currently 69 and 46. Nine out of the 13 fights on this card were finishes. I find that, I find that amazing. And uh, four were in under a minute, in case you want to know some fun facts. All right? Let's waste no more time. The main card. Val Woodburn, coming in on short notice, I mean, was such an underdog. All respect to him. Bo Nickel, coming in, obviously. We all know who Bo Nickel is. And we're expecting a shoot. We're expecting a shoot. And he clips him. We're like, okay. Bo Nickel clipped him. Then clipped him again. I clipped him again, then dropped him, then went for a foul punch, and the ref had seen enough. 38 seconds, Bonickle knots out Val Woodburn. Let me tell you something weird. Is it weirder that Bonickle got a knockout win over Val Woodburn, or is it weirder that him and Robbie Lawler both got 38-second TKO victories? I think that's weirder. That is super weird, especially back-to-back. And, get this, Bonickle... And Robbie Lawler both got knocked down. Both their opponents only landed two significant strikes, except Bo had seven significant strikes and Robbie had eight. Numbers don't lie. The universe is weird. Bo, I mean, as for Val, I kind of hope they give Val another shot. I always feel bad when guys step in. They get absolutely obliterated. But as for Bo, don't give him a ranked opponent yet. If you do, Jacker Manson without a doubt. But I saw someone say Rodolfo Vieira. I'm thinking, uh, personally, I feel Edmund Shabazian would be a great fight. But there's so many middleweights out there Bo could fight. But don't give him a ranked point yet. Let's build him up. Let's give him the Sean O'Malley treatment until he runs in to a Marlon Vera. All right. Dan Hooker, Jalen Turner, the unofficial fight of the night. But don't get me wrong, Comain was a better fight of the night. But this one, this one stole the show. I mean... It had my whole house going nuts. The whole house I was in was going nuts. All right. Number 12, Dan Hooker. Number 11, Jalen Turner. As of recording this, the rankings will update on Tuesday when this episode goes live. 
But I believe Dan Hooker will move up to the 11 spot. Jalen will drop down to the 12. So it's a very close fight. I mean, let's go to let's go to round one where I felt Jalen Turner won round one. I gave round one to Jalen Turner. And then round two, Dan Hooker rallied. He actually ate a kick. He ate such a hard kick, but then rallied. And then round three was one-way traffic with Dan Hooker landing a knockdown. Although Jalen did land a takedown. Pretty sure it got reversed, but still. Very entertaining fight, but I have two takeaways from this fight. First, Dan Hooker is very durable. He can hang with guys and should fight up in the top 10 for his next opponent. And number two is that Jalen Turner does not have a good gas tank. We've now seen it in two straight fights. He's lost two straight fights by split decision. And he's a pick-me-up fight. Definitely needs a pick-me-up fight. So, what's next for Jalen Turner? Let me throw some names at you. Hanato Moicano, Matt Frivola, and Patty Pimlet. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, I would love that. I would love a Patty Pimlet fight. Jalen Turner. But I like Matt Frivola fight, and I like Hanato Moicano fight. A pick-me-up for Jalen Turner. All right, clearly, he is not fully ready for the top of the division. As for Dan Hooker, who I believe will be ranked number 11 come Tuesday, I'm feeling a Rafael Faziv. I'm feeling maybe Grant Dawson. Maybe even Matus Gamrot. That's very ambitious. But Dan Hooker, congratulations. Even though I did not predict you would win, I was still happy you won. Let's move on. To the biggest upset of the night. Of course, it got performance bonus. Ladies and gentlemen, Driscus Duplessis. TKO's Robert Whitaker in the second round. Wow. Wow, there is nothing to say even. There is nothing to say. Driscus outclassed Robert Whitaker. It was it was something to see. And it, it, even though we picked Robert Whitaker simply because he was Robert Whitaker, I feel like everyone had the feeling, I think Driscus can do this. Dr- Driscus has got something. I think it's Drakus actually. I don't know. But Duplessis gets it done. He moves to... 20 and 2. And get this. 6 and 0 in the UFC. Five finishes. Five freaking finishes out of six fights. He debuted in 2020. Just beat the number two guy. He was currently ranked five. Alex Bahara's leaving the division. Give him the number one. Give Driscus Duplessis the number one contender spot. Because guess what? He's fighting Adesanya in Sydney at UFC 293. But let's talk about, before we talk about who I think Robert Whitaker should fight next, there's a couple options for him. Let's talk about um, the post-fight incident. They let Izzy in the cage. I don't know if there's ever been a, has there ever been a time where we let a fighter in the cage and it went, well, maybe when GSP said, like, I'm not impressed. Who was that to? Was that to Matthews or something? Or was it Jai Hendricks? I can't remember. But um, that was a, that was a funny one. But uh, this one did not go well. Is Izzy, you know, I thought it was going to be pretty good, and then the N-bombs went loose. Now, am I not getting for saying the N-word? Heck no, he's black. He can say whatever word he wants. But <laughs> the fact he was getting very aggressive with Dre Duplessis, I mean, it was, was kind of awkward. He was going like, yeah, yeah, you're, you're my African brother, that word. And he's like, why don't you take a DNA test? And then Duplessis is like, oh, why don't you, what are you going to, 
tell your people in New Zealand. And I'm just like, what's, what are they talking about? What are these two guys talking about? It's all for show, and it's working. All right, because I want to see UFC 293 now. They got Ty Tuivasa and Alexander Volkov on that card. They got Manel Cape and Kaikara France on that card. That card's going to be good. But uh, the, the the night belongs to Drissis Dubussy for this fight. For the middleweight division, this fight belongs. The night belongs to Drissis Dubussy. As for Whitaker, I assume he will move down to the number three spot. Jerry Canair to actually shoot. I don't know. They might move. They might move Canair to two. They might actually drop Whitaker down to four. I don't know, guys. But that was tough to see. After watching him outclass Vittori, barely lose to Adesanya, made Derry bring up the fact that he beat Darren Till, Kelvin Gaslam, and Jared Canair to earn a second tail shot. I mean, wow. This was nuts to see. But um, as for what's next for Robert Whitaker, I mean, you could do Hamzat. I think Hamzat's fighting Jerry Kanier, so that fight might not um, be possible against Whitaker at the moment. You could also have Whitaker fight Sean Strickland. I really like that fight. I saw someone suggest he moves up a weight and fight someone like Alexander Rockage. I don't know how that would go. And I've also seen people say he should drop down and fight someone like uh, Kamar Usman, Colby Covington, Blah Muhammad. People like that. I don't know, but Robert Whitaker, man. Sucks to see you lose. I, I, f- I find no joy in that. But uh, that's for Duplessis. That was very entertaining. I, l- I had a lot of fun watching you uh, win. So, congratulations. Do I have to talk about the co-main? Do I have to talk about the co-main? I don't know if I can, guys. I don't know if I can. I, I, need, I, need, I think I need a little intermission before I talk about what I saw when Pantoja beat Brandon Rambo. Give me a sec. I'm going to need a quick sec. All right. I'm back. I've accepted. I must talk about this. Um, congratulations to Alexander Pantoja. I will give props where it's due. Good for you. This was fight of the night, fight of the year without a doubt. There has been no better fight than this fight so far. But without a doubt, no fight. I don't even know if fight comes close to this from this year. But but Alexander Pantoja, Brandon Moreno, putting on a, just a class act. Just an amazing, just an amazing fight. Could not have asked for anything better. Except for a Brandon Moreno win, right? I'm a Brandon Moreno fan. All right, when you bring up loyal to the belt, all right, as it comes to the flyweight division, I am not loyal to the belt. I am loyal to Brandon Moreno. Very sad. Very sad watching Brandon lose. Was it a split decision? No. Pantoja won 49-46. No, there wasn't any really rounds he dominated. But it was, there was a lot of close rounds. It was bloody. Let me read you the final stats. All right. Significant strikes, 147 for Moreno, 129 for Pantoja. A knockdown for Pantoja. Total strikes, 167 for Moreno, 161 for Pantoja. Takedowns, 2 for 4 for Moreno, 6 for 11 for Pantoja. Control time, 4 minutes. Moreno, 8 and a half minutes for Pantoja. But three reversals on those takedowns. So, I mean, we can take out half those takedowns, man. But Brandon Moreno, I love you. Sucks to see you lose, man. Really sucks to see you lose. You'll now move to the number one spot, and Pantoja will get the belts. And now that I'm looking, actually, we're going to talk about pound for pound after Volk. So, um, because I have to mention Duplessis, and I have to mention 
right now, Pantoa, when it comes to pound for pound. But I am happy for you, Pantoa. You have a good story. I saw your kids in the ring. You know, I can only I can only hate one for so much for beating one of my favorite fighters. So I will leave it at that. I believe um, Amir Albazi or Brandon Royval could fight Pantoa. Uh, and I believe either of those guys could fight Moreno. So those are who I think could fight next. We could even run this fight back. But um, that's all I have to say. I love you, Brandon Moreno. Give him a Lego sponsor. All right. The main event. All right. The mood's going to change just like that. Just like a snap of my fingers. Because, oh my goodness, guys. Alexander Volkanovsky. Alexander Volkanovsky, ladies and gentlemen. Before we even talk about the fight, we're going to look at these pound-for-pound rankings, right? Because he's currently number two in the pound-for-pound rankings. And my prediction is he passes John Jones. My prediction is he passes John Jones for the number one spot. As for everything else, Brandon Moreno is currently ranked nine. Pantola should probably take his spot and just bump Whitaker off since he lost. But yes, Volkanovsky dominates Yair. Round one and two, I think everyone scored them 10-8s. And the striking, the takedowns. I mean, seven takedowns. Seven takedowns in not even a full three rounds for seven minutes, 13 seconds of control time. 66, 66 significant strikes for Volk. 40 for Air. 149 total strikes for Volk. Only 57 for Air. All right, per round, I mean, round one, three for four on takedowns. Volk was takedown heavy. Round two, three for six, takedown heavy. And round three. All right, so basically, let me set up the f- finishing sequence in your brain, all right? Volk, Yair, standing. Yair, lands a punch, lands a head kick, lands a head kick, all right? Volk says, bring it. Yair throws one more punch, and Volk clips him. I think it was a left, I think it was a left hook. Clips him, has him up against the cage. Those punches, literally picks him up like he's a baby, slams him to the ground, gets on top mount, and pounds his head into oblivion. Volkanovski is my number one pound-for-pound fighter. I honestly think that he can beat Iatopura, and I think he can beat Islam Magshev. All right, my confidence in Volk has completely changed after this fight. He looked on another level tonight. Devil Shagana performance bonus. An interesting pattern I noticed for the main card is we start off with a round one TKO, then a split decision. Then we did a round two TKO, split decision. Then we did a round three TKO. If you check my verdict, I think my verdict is Zach Ruger. I think you can search me up on there. I predicted a Volk round three TKO. So you're welcome, America. All right. Very happy for Volk. Um, he could rematch Islam Makachev. He could fight Iatopura. He could, I, I don't even know. He could even fight Conor McGregor. I don't care. Volkanovski is amazing. Such a good event. UFC 290 is number one for me. UFC 285 is number two, and UFC 287 is number three for my top three events a year. Um, we'll probably do a full ranking in December about uh, all the events, but this is this has so far been the best. Not only pay-per-view, but event of the year. Shout out to all the winners. Even though I went two and three in picks, I'm still happy. I had fun watching it. It was so much fun. So, I'm excited to see what's next for all these fighters. As for what's next for UFC, I mean, we'll obviously do a prediction show for this event, but uh, we're definitely going to have to add something else because UFC Fight Night, Holly Holmes versus Mario Bueno Silva, is not the best-looking card. Maybe it's one of those cards where all the fights look bad and ends up being good, but I truly have nothing left to say 
at the moment. All right. Uh, early prediction, maybe Holly Holm. I don't know, guys. I'm still on over UFC 290. That was such an amazing event. Such an amazing event. I think it's more fun when you watch with people who enjoy it as much as you do. And I'm pretty sure my family did. All right. That's enough for UFC 290. That's enough for UFC 290. Let's guess what? We're going to talk about The Ultimate Fighter. That's right. Episode 7 airs Tuesday, July 11th, which uh, will probably be on the day this is uploaded. It's actually tomorrow. Recording this on a Monday. But I'm very excited for it. I mean, McGregor's down 0-6. to six. None of his fighters have won. None have been more heartbreaking than the last one where Lee Hammond was winning over Kurt Halbo and gets guillotine choked, makes a rookie mistake, and McGregor loses his mind, shoves Chandler. Dana has to step in. Absolute madness. Absolute madness. I don't know if... McGregor's team is going to win. I Because I knew the veterans were good, but I mean, I didn't realize they're this good. I didn't realize there's this much levels to the game. All right? As for... As for um, Chandler and McGregor fighting in general, I mean, I don't think the fight's happening. All right? Dana's adamant. Chandler's adamant. McGregor's not adamant. Actually, he did just tweet in December, but he tweets a lot of things. I don't know if this fight can physically happen because of USADA. What about the Miami Heat thing? That got swept under the rug real quick. I don't know what's going on, but uh, on uh, tomorrow's episode, or today, or yesterday, whenever you listen to this, Landon Quinones of Team McGregor will be taking on Jason Knight of Team Chandler. I actually recognized Jason Knight's name from Jorge Masvidal's MMA promotion. I saw him fight on there. Pretty sure he got like a round one submission or something. We'll see how he does, but at this point, all I can do is root for McGregor. But if Chandler sweeps McGregor's team, that's never happened before, has it? I don't know if that's happened before. I'll have to look that up. But that is, it would be very entertaining. Um, but man, it's been a very interesting season. I mean, the the best moment has probably been Roosevelt Roberts knocking out his opponent seven seconds. I mean, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Uh, just, the, just the fact that how bummy it was. But um, that's how it goes. I'll be interested to, interested to see the episode tomorrow. And um, I got one more thing on UFC for you guys. Um, I know a lot of people say that, you know, UFC is all about fighting. But honestly... It's more than just a fight to me. It's watching it with people. Being around people watching it, cheering. That sense of excitement when your favorite fighter is making the walk. Right when the bell rings. It's looking at the stats. It's making predictions. I, I have a book from the last three years of predictions I've made. I've made TikTok accounts. I've posted stuff on my Instagram story. I follow fighters. I'm checking every single day pages on Instagram, pages on Twitter, for potential fight announcements, I mean, it's not just a fight. It is truly more than just a fight. I love looking at the stats. I love playing the fights. I love creating snares in my head where I'm a fighter, man. It is so entertaining. It is so fun. Just shout out to the UFC, man. It, that's probably my dream job, guys. That's probably my dream job is to work for the UFC. All right? And I actually see right above it, build your dream fight card for a chance to be a UFC matchmaker. I don't know if I can be a matchmaker, but I could certainly... 
talk on the radio. I could certainly promote it. Where, where the merch? I mean, the UFC was what pushed me to create this podcast, right? And unfortunately, with a card like this weekend, I feel like we're returning back to normal, guys. I just feel like the excitement of UFC 290 has just brought me brought me down when we have some kind of mediocre card like this. And you know, I'm coming back from a trip. You know, I'm seeing family I see, what, twice a year? Three years? if <laughs> Three times during a year? Actually, I'd, I think it's two times a year I see my uh, relatives. And, you know, I just feel like I'm coming off this high and I'm returning back to a normal week, man. Waking up at 5, going to the gym, going to work until 4.30, uh, coming home, eating dinner, a couple hours to chill. I do that Monday through Friday. That's the weekend. But, I mean... Here's the thing about returning back to normal is that you have to live each day as if it's not a normal day. You have to do something spontaneous each day, no matter how dumb it is. What do I mean by that? As I sat down for dinner and I poured myself some apple juice, all right? Yeah, I'm 20 years old and drink apple juice, all right? It's a tough drink. It's a tough drink. Um, I put ice cubes and a straw in it. My mom was like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm being spontaneous, all right? And as stupid as it's silly, as small as it seems, it's a break. It's a break from the normal everyday thing, all right? And I mean, going to the gym to start each day starts me off on the right path, okay? That, that makes each day feel special, all right? Getting in touch with, with God and just being aware of just how precious life is. So as much as returning back to a normal week, it may seem, is truly, truly a gift to have been able to experience this past weekend. So much fun, so many memories. At the end of the day, that's all we take with us, is our memories. That should be a quote. If that's not a quote, someone make that a quote, all right? So I think that's all I got for today. Gone over a number of things. The NBA tournament, UFC 290 review, UFC 5, the Ultimate Fighter, all sorts of fun activities, um... I may or may not be in the process of getting more surprise guests working on upcoming episodes and trying to bring you the best content. I'm actually thinking about starting an Instagram page, maybe starting to f- actually film myself. I The issue with, record, with uh, filming is that so my mic is able to pick up pretty much everything around it very quietly. But I have, I don't think it's a furnace, guys. I don't know if it's the air conditioner, like the wire here, whatever, the, you know, the stuff in your basement, the random machines and tubes and pipes and stuff um it picks up the audio when i try and use my phone so i might need to find a more secluded location to film we'll work on that but i might go work on the instagram page try and get this out there we may actually have a new logo we might be testing out so thank you guys for listening i really do appreciate it and yeah i'll continue to bring you guys episodes talk about a number of subjects including we're going to be doing a probably a full football based podcast primarily where i talk to people about how to get into fantasy football all right that could be the next one that could be the one after that it will definitely be coming up in the coming weeks all right thank you guys very much hope you all have an amazing weekend god bless